0: This is the Dealer News Today podcast. The podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey, and welcome, welcome, welcome to season three. You made it of DNT. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, I am your host, Derek D. Just throw a .com at the end of that if you'd like to check out my stuff. It's very simple, DerekD.com. But we got a great kickoff episode To season three today. We have an automotive industry powerhouse on the show, folks. His Kalamazoo, Michigan based auto group was recognized once again. Yes, again among the best and brightest companies to work for in the nation. Quite the accolade. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Ziegler Automotive Group, please welcome Aaron Ziegler to the show. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate you coming on Dealer News today. First episode of season three. So you live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? I do. That's where uh, the Ziegler Auto Group is based on. It. And is that where you're originally from? Michigan, Kalamazoo, or just Michigan somewhere? I've, uh, I was born and uh, raised in Kalamazoo. Oh, wow. Look at that. And uh, you went to, uh, I believe you went to Michigan State University? I did. I'm a uh, Sparty. Bill green. Yeah, that's right. Spartans. i uh, I know a ton of people go to Michigan State, but my cousin, Kelly Torrenti, went to Michigan State. That name doesn't ring a bell at all, does it? No, there's about 45,000
1: students a year. <laughs> you
0: don't quite know all of them. Yeah, no, I know. My uncle, Rich Torrenti, worked for GM for many years out there, and his daughter, my cousin, Kelly, went to Michigan State, and you guys are about the same age. So I figured, ah, I'd take a shot in the dark. Anyway, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started Ziegler Automotive Group back in 1992, is that right? No, actually, uh,
1: my dad started the organization in 1975.
0: Oh, 75. And
1: then I uh, became president in 2001.
0: Oh, okay. Did you join in 1992?
1: 92. So that's when I first started uh, working here. Yeah, when I was in uh, school.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Now, were you always in, were you always into cars, or was it kind of just like the family business? I want to go into this, and I want to do that, or was, or was it something that uh, you plan on doing something else, and then kind of like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the family biz.
1: You know, I didn't really have any plan, and then um, when I graduated high school, I uh, graduated high school on a Friday. Started selling cars on Monday. (laughs) Sold my first car on first day, and just fell in love with um, with selling and with uh, being involved with customers. And I knew right from then that's what I wanted to do is sell cars. No uh, no grand plan beyond that. Other than I you know sold all the way through uh, college and had a lot of fun doing that and and graduated college just wanted to keep selling. And things kind of, uh, took a few twists and turns after that. And, uh, that's where I got to where I'm at today.
0: Yeah. Well, as life does, but I think that's pretty awesome. You know, you kind of realized early, which I think you were lucky to be like, you know what? I love this. So I'm just going to keep doing this. And then you got all that life experience and now, uh, you know, you're the president of Ziegler automotive group. So I think that's, you know, you followed your passion and then landed you here. (laughs) On yeah, Dealer News Today.
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you sell cars, it's an adrenaline rush. I'm um, still getting an adrenaline rush today. And uh, just love the business.
0: That's great. Do you have, now, besides the automotive world, you know, is there, like, what do you do for fun? Is there anything besides cars that you do, like hobbies or anything?
1: I, I do. You know, I like to, uh, to play golf. I still play hockey a couple times a week. Uh, I, do, I like to race cars uh, as well. So I, I grew up racing jet skis. And oh wow! Really? I, yeah, I did. I raced uh, raced on the pro tour for about six years
0: when I was younger. Oh, that's pretty cool. Do you, you you raced. Uh, where'd you race? Just in like lakes and stuff, or like you know, obviously one of the Great Lakes.
1: I <laughs> uh, raced all over the country. So raced on uh, on the Great Lakes, raced in the ocean, raced the uh, the World Championships every year. We're in Lake Havasu, Arizona. So did
0: that no way times. That's a, <laughs> that, that's pretty interesting. Now were they jet ski like stand up ones, like the it original, was, like the stand up. Yeah. Oh yep. man, with that, yeah, that's great. How fast did you ever go on the water in one of those things?
1: You know, they were zero to 60 in like two and a half seconds. Get and out. Back then, the stand-ups were going about 70 miles an
0: hour. Wow. I mean, on the water, people don't realize how fast that is. Or maybe people do, but some people don't.
1: <laughs> when you fall at 70 miles an hour, it hurts.
0: Yeah, Do you ever have any like big injuries or anything?
1: Oh yeah, I, I uh, had a lot of injuries. I broke my jaw in three spots at one point, tore the ligaments in my ankle, um, all
0: kinds of different uh, crazy stuff. Wow, and that's with a helmet on. I'm assuming. Correct. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Wow, that's really cool jet ski racing. You know, you don't think about that that often, but uh... and then you said you like to, you know, race cars as well. I do. Then.
1: Yep. Yep. Love. uh, Love all forms of uh, racing. Love to love to drive.
0: What kind of uh? What do you do? I'm sure. Do you own a sports car? What kind of sports car do you have? What do you like to? uh, What do you like to drive? Uh,
1: Drive a radical race car, it's a specific car base built for uh, racing out of um, the UK.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm not crazy familiar, but I have seen those. Um, and j- I'm just throwing this out there, this is random, but what do you think of the new uh C8 mid engine Corvette? So, um,
1: I've actually been driving one of those right now as my personal driver, and it's
0: oh, I'm so jealous, one of, one
1: of the best cars ever built. They just did an unbelievable job, right? The, with the mid engine car. Yes, right the looks, looks drivability the interior it's spectacular it
0: really it really is like i've like i'm i'm i plan on getting one at some point i mean uh i know right now you can you uh, know ordering it, it it's going to take forever i mean but um because the demand is so high but it's just beautiful the curb wattage, obviously the, the balance the weight and and people that don't know cars look at that thing and they go oh, what is that a ferrari or what they 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 don't know it's like that's a that's a corvette you know? Yeah, it
1: looks like an exotic, and it's it's really underpriced for the market. They they did an incredible job uh, with it. Yeah, you know, if you like to have fun driving cars, that's the one to drive.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've had I have mine all spec'd out. It's a black one. It's got you know, it's got the uh, was it the Z fifty one package? Yep, exactly. Z fifty one package. It's got the red calipers. I got the, the the red cover over the engine. You know, all black. I, ju- I just I just I just love that car. So uh, at some point. I'm gonna get one. <laughs> I'm jealous that you're driving one. We can help you out with that. Yeah, that's right. You and the Ziggler Automotive Group own a bunch of Chevy dealerships. So I'm gonna have to take you up on that. <laughs> all right. Uh let's get into some questions. Obviously, because of what happened with COVID, you know, it sucks. But we could all agree it's a big negative, but there is positives you could take out of those negatives. You know what I mean? So what are some of the positives you and the Ziggler Automotive group experienced as a result of the pandemic?
1: You know, we um actually learned a lot. From the 08 recession and the um, the terrorist attacks in 9/11, and how to kind of operate in a crisis, so to speak. So when um, you know when COVID originally hit, there's a lot of um, kind of uh, you know people were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. The future was was really uncertain. And we took a little different view on it. We said, hey, this is an opportunity to be able to to grow the organization. And uh, early on, we went out. and We bought every new car that we we could because we thought the factories were going to be slow coming back, and they oh, were smart, very smart. And then um, we wanted to um, to make sure our employees were comfortable, so we, we guaranteed pay plans for people that were on commission, and then anybody that was hourly or on salary, we gave them a four hundred dollar a week raise for a couple of months. We gave them free health insurance for a couple of months. Wow! And we were um, we were back hundred percent before most organizations were and the philosophy was if, if we're going to compete with a full team against other guys that are competing with a half a team that we thought we would we would win and, and so we were able to really really be able to grow coming out of that and we've added um nine dealerships in the last 16 months and, and a lot oh. of that might not have been possible without uh covid and then uh, we were able to, to recruit a lot of uh, wonderful people that um throughout this period too uh, as
0: well Wow, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, you, you like you said, you, you you took previous negatives that have happened and been like, okay, we've learned from those, and then you were able to kind of uh, like stock up or prepare for what was what was ahead. And even though you didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I think that's great how you like you took care of your employees and you know offered free health care for a few months and or health insurance. I mean, um, and you know with the extra money bonuses and stuff. That that's great, man. That's really like. You know, if I if I worked for Ziegler Automotive Group or I worked at one of your dealerships, I'd be like, these guys are great. I mean, they 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 recognized the problem before it really happened and they took care of us. I mean, and that that's loyalty and that's that's good, especially with employees.
1: Yeah, we realized if we could take the fear of the unknown, especially the pay part out of it for our employees and make them comfortable, that once that happened, then we could we could focus on creating the future. And that's that's kind of exactly what happened and our employees have been uh, been terrific for us. And anytime we can help them out, we wanted to uh, to do that. And it uh, worked out really well for us and worked out great for them as well.
0: Absolutely. Did you find it a surprise that the car, that the automotive industry and the sales end did so well during the pandemic? Like, I guess in the beginning, you're like, we're not sure what's going to happen. And then kind of like, boom, you know, with all the stimulus and all that stuff, like people were buying and they're still buying.
1: Yeah, really early on, we got shut down in the state of Michigan by our governor. We couldn't sell cars for about a month, and um, you know, at that point, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but we sensed that it was going to be pretty good. And it was interesting because a lot of things that people would typically spend money on—going uh, on vacation, kids' sporting events, going to concerts, restaurants, bars—all that stuff was not available to them. And as so what happened is, a lot of people actually had more cash because their expenses went way down in their. Yeah, their lifestyle, and then everything went back towards personal transportation, especially in Illinois. You know, I think a lot of people don't want to ride the trains or subways uh, now, and uh, people that may, maybe previously didn't have cars, you know, also wanted cars, and all that stuff. You you kind of mix it together, and then you throw in the stimulus money, and it kind of supercharged the uh, the
0: industry. You hit the nail on the head, people. You you couldn't go out; you couldn't go out to bars, restaurants, things like that. And you weren't weren't really taking—and I live in New Jersey, so, you know, I'm usually in the city all the time, New York, and wasn't traveling there, wasn't taking the train, wasn't taking the subway. So, obviously, you're going to use your own car. It's your own personal protective car, so to speak. So, yeah, people were either buying new ones, maybe trading in their old ones and getting a new car. They had the extra money with the stimulus. So it all kind of was like a perfect storm to rally around the automotive industry, especially for people buying new and used cars.
1: Yeah. People also had time on their hands too. So things Yeah. You had a lot of time, your time. Um, so they were, they were making big ticket purchases and we saw the exact same thing at our motorsports dealership too, where sales went crazy. Um, cause motorsports was something that you can do individually and you don't have to worry about COVID and you're doing it outside. So motorsports is really strong as, as well as automotive.
0: Oh, like dirt bikes and stuff like that. Correct. Oh, nice. You have some, You have some of those dealerships too. Yeah, man. I love riding dirt bikes. That's fun.
1: Yeah, we've got a, uh, a big motorsports dealership in Kalamazoo. We got a couple of racetracks out back, football and motocross tracks. So it's, uh, we've had a
0: lot of fun with that. Nice, that's awesome. Um, wow, that's really, that's really great though. Yeah, it's a, it, people are always surprised when I tell them about how well the automotive industry, you know, did during the pandemic. I'm like, really? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Then I explain it. They're like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Just what we've talked about, and it's. Uh, You know, it's great for the industry. Um, I've talked about this, you know, with a bunch of people on the show in the past, but this computer chip shortage that everyone's talking about, how's that affected you and your dealerships and your bottom line? And like currently, like, have you heard any news of when this chip shortage will end?
1: You know, it's different with each one of the manufacturers. So every manufacturer is in a different position than any other manufacturer. So some went into it early, some are coming out of it late. And it's very inconsistent right now. So we'll have a manufacturer that'll start building cars for you know two, three, four weeks, and then all of a sudden they'll shut down for a couple weeks because they run out of chips. Um, Ford Motor Company is actually looking at sending us vehicles without chips in them, and then we'll put the chips in them when they come available to try to uh, streamline things. So a lot of yeah. vehicles being built out there just waiting to uh, to get uh, chips in them. But you know my take is that it's going to be a while, and I think it's going to be at least a year. Oh, or wow. more before um, inventories are back to normal. We've got literally thousands of cars right now that are pre-sold um, that are just waiting to uh, to come in. So I think inventory is going to stay very, very tight here for uh, for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I knew Ford was having a big issue with the chips. Now, not to talk about the C8 again, but is Chevy having an issue with that too? Like, Or is the main reason, let's just pick the Corvette in particular, is the main reason that's not available because the chips or just because demand is so high?
1: So with, it, with the Corvette, it's a combination of both. They've never been available. Everything's been pre-sold, but it's gotten substantially worse now because they're they're shutting down the factory for weeks at a time. So you're not getting the orders that you would have had um, previously. So it's, it's certainly affecting uh, production, not just at Ford and GM, but with every single manufacturer. There's not a manufacturer right. in the world that hasn't been dramatically affected by this. In fact, we have some stores that sold down last month to zero new cars in stock. Wow, I've never seen that before.
0: That's that's insane. Yeah, crazy. Did, now do do most of these chips? Where do they come from? They come from South Korea. They come from Japan. Where Taiwan? So the the biggest manufacturers in Taiwan. And
1: the background on this is what happened was when COVID hit, everything kind of slowed up with the exception of car sales, but electronic sales went nuts, which makes sense because people are sitting at home. So the same mm-hmm. chips that are used in your cell phones are used in cars. The difference is a car might need 35 or 40 chips, where a cell phone might only need one. Yeah. So they, in only about 10% of the world production of chips goes to cars. The other 90% goes to electronics. So those guys had continued to order and whatnot. The, the auto manufacturers kind of backed off and then, When they realized the demand and they tried to 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 gear it back up the main manufacturer in taiwan didn't have the capacity to uh, to gear up that that quickly and that's what's taken a a really long time and it's you know the whole world supply chain's a little off right now Mm. because the retail is back but you've got to get the supply chain and everything else back so it doesn't matter if it's watches or boats or rvs or whatever else out there just everything has been slow to come back on the supply chain side of things
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's it's funny you said that because I was thinking I've, I've been in the market. I want to I want to get a new, uh, not to change the subject, a new, new laptop, a new MacBook Pro, and they keep pushing it back. And I you while you were talking, I was like, holy crap, that's the reason the chips. That's why it's taking so long because they're supposed to come out with a new one this summer. But yeah, yeah. And,
1: the, and the chips have been the most visible, and but there's also other um, supply chains, whether it be you know seats and cars or other things too that slow this stuff up a little bit as well but the chip is by far the main culprit
0: wow yeah i didn't realize that taiwan is like the main place they all come from
1: yeah i didn't i I didn't either and never paid attention to it because you never worried about it until the last six months right
0: (laughs) yeah exactly i've actually been to taiwan before
1: i've I've never been there
0: yeah i was there shooting two heineken commercials (laughs) ironically enough but um yeah that's pretty cool that uh to, to know that. Not cool that the ch- there's a chip shortage, but cool to know that that's where they come from. um, So as we've been talking about, you know, it's so cool and ha- it's great how the automotive industry has done sale-wise during this pandemic. Have you noticed there's if there's like a one type of vehicle in particular that you saw people buying up like crazy? I mean, I know SUVs obviously are the most popular car, at least in the United States, for people to buy, but was there something else that kind of popped up maybe more compacts more jeeps sports cars anything
1: you know it was really across the board but we have noticed that our highline stores you know bmw mercedes maserati done really really well Hmm. uh, over the last year
0: oh really but is that do you think that's because like what we talked about before stimulus all that kind of stuff
1: yeah i think people have more disposable income and you also get um, some of your highline customers that are you know, corporate executives that were traveling around the world on business. Well, now they're, now they're staying at home mm. and they're doing, they're doing zoom meetings. Right. So they had more time, I believe. And, um, and obviously disposable income. Uh, I think you take the combination of those two things and that's why the high lines have done very well.
0: Yeah. And you're not spending money on travel either. Like we talked about before. So you have this money to buy. Correct. So, so basically sports cars and high end. Correct. That's interesting. Um, so, you know, Michigan, Detroit, Kalamazoo, they're all like, <laughs> they're, you know, basically I would say Michigan is the capital of the United States, basically when it comes to cars, you know, the North American international auto show is there. What's been the vibe there during all of this? Like our, our, I know we talked about it a little bit, but our, besides the chip stuff, I think is, is business getting back to normal or as usual, you know, as it was before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, it is. The, uh, we were, Michigan was shut down, Probably more than a lot of the states, we went, uh, we we got shut down first, and yeah. we had a lot of rules and regulations, um, and came back later than a lot of the other states. But as soon as they were lifted, um, people wanted to get out. They wanted to socialize with other people. They wanted to go to restaurants and bars and sporting events and concerts and all that type of stuff. So, and this is the uh, the really nice time of the year, being in the summer in Michigan, the weather's yeah. fantastic. So, um, everything is very busy in Michigan, uh, right now, you know, it's hard to get reservations into restaurants. They're absolutely packed right now and it's hard to get into marinas for boats and stuff. So everybody just is, was chopping at the bit to get out and, and do stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's good to hear, you know, so, well, to technology and buying online, you know, you guys and everyone were forced to hurry up that technology and it's not like it didn't exist before the pandemic because of course you can go online and buy a car for sure. But now people are home. They're not going anywhere. You need to sell cars. So streamlining that online buying experience was of major importance. Did you find that challenging or a problem at all? Or was that kind of a smooth transition for you?
1: You know, it was a pretty smooth transition because we were already pretty much there. And you can go to our website and buy a car 100% online if you want to. Yeah. However, very few people do that. They'll get maybe 95% of the process, 97% but at some point it's such a big ticket purchase that you want to talk to a person and you're always going to have some question that a computer just can't answer. Exactly. So very, very few people go a hundred percent online without ever talking to
0: somebody in the organization.
1: Almost a hundred percent of our customers end up talking to us. At some. Point.
0: yeah, well, I feel like you, you want that, you want that, you want that human experience. You want to talk to someone about it. Like you said, it's a big ticket expense, you know, buying a car and you want to be able to, uh, to go to the dealership. I always say I think it's great because I've talked to other people on the show before, how you go in or you go on your computer and maybe get all get a lot of that paperwork and stuff out of the way, you know, and then go there and then just do the good stuff. You know, shake hands and drive your car off, you know, off the dealership lot. I think that's that's just just the streamlining of everything is making it a lot easier for people. And it's I think making people who even, you know, are a little intimidated to go to the dealership a little more um Inclined to, to maybe buy a car or, you know, go there knowing, go there with a little more, uh, what's the word, comfort, knowing that a lot of this stuff's already done.
1: You know, if you went back 15 years ago, Derek, the average consumer would visit six dealerships, mm. and today they visit one point two. And the difference is, you used to have to visit six dealerships to make sure you're getting accurate information and whether it be on pricing or what your trade-in value is or financing or whatever else. Well, today you can get so much of that information online that people don't have to go and spend the time going to all these dealerships. That's why typically once they go in and visit a dealership, that's where they're, they're buying now because they already have all the information that they need to make an intelligent buying decision.
0: Yeah. And I think that's great. I think that helps out, you know, everyone. It helps out the dealerships. It helps out the person buying. I think it makes it easier for everyone. It's just... And I use this word all the time, but it's streamlined.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And it's a, it's a very customer-friendly process and experience.
0: And that's what you want. You want you want to feel comfortable when you're buying a car. You're making a big purchase. You want that to be, you know, I feel like, you know, you said uh, a very small percentage of the people buy 100% of the cars online. I think that kind of person is a person that money might not be much of an issue where they could just be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna buy that car. Here it is. Bada bing, bada boom bought it let's go
1: yeah and, the, and they may not really have many questions or or not want the the details or whatever It's probably a, a big picture type uh, individual that's going to do that
0: what are some of the main lessons you know you and maybe your dealerships have learned over the past year and a half or so through all of this like wow we didn't see or realize that before but it's so much more eye opening
1: you know we've always um the foundation of our organization has always been having a, a world-class culture and um at no time was this more evident than when COVID hit because our team really, really came together even that much more. And we, you know, we realized that you can't operate an organization out of fear. And a lot of people that were operating out of fear didn't do well. Um, and if Agreed. You, if, you, if you you know, you gotta make some, I don't want to say risky decisions, but you gotta make decisions that there there's certainly a level of risk taking there. That um you've got to be able to to take and and look into the future and see the future of, of where this thing's going. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, not not operating out of fear. And the other thing was when when COVID hit, I do I usually do a video or two a month to uh, to our employees. Once COVID hit, the, the information was changing so fast and we're operating in different states and they had different um rules that um, literally in the morning you'd have one set of rules, in the afternoon you'd have another set of rules. I was getting to the point where I was doing two to three videos a day communicating to our employees. So, that communication piece was really key in, right. uh, in keeping everybody calm because there's a lot of disinformation out there in the world news media and on the internet. Everybody seems to have an angle yeah. super negative and trying to scare the heck out of people. So, um, with us being able to com- communicate back and forth nonstop with our employees, I think was a, was a really valuable lesson that we we learned and they they really liked that it kind of kept everybody calm and everybody on the same page and allowed us to come out of this thing um stronger than we went into it
0: oh hell yeah man I agree with you I think that's that's key obviously in anything I think communication is key and honest you know and uh uh you know like you said it was for your employees and everyone it was probably comforting to them to hear from you you know uh you know what was going on and everything like that so there was a comfort level and also it's just communication which that helped a lot so that so good on you for doing that for your company and your employees man that's that's uh that's very admirable especially like taking the time like you said do those videos and stuff for them and that's i'm sure you know they really did appreciate that
1: yeah it um it it allowed them to get accurate information from us versus inaccurate information from other things uh and other sources and that was something that um as COVID kind of waned a little bit, we continue to, to do this thing.
0: Yeah. Well, good on you for that, man. You know, it seems like there's so many, not seems like there is so many negative things in the media and stuff. So it's good to hear that you want to avoid that and keep a good, positive line of communication open with your dealerships and employees. It's just good stuff, man. Um, Aaron, anything else you'd like to say before we get going?
1: You know, no, uh, you know, appreciate your time. It's a, uh, it's an interesting time in the world, but um, you know, business is, is strong right now. And, We've, um, as you can't get new cars right now, we've really focused on um, used cars. So our sales are still at a very high level. It's just the mix has changed right now, mm. where we used to be maybe one new to one used. Now we're like four used to one new. Wow! Because um, that's kind of what the market has uh, has given us. So we've had to pivot a little bit there, but um, that's really helped to uh, to keep us strong and. As our new car inventories are lower than they've ever been, our used car inventory is higher than it's ever been uh, as well. So we'll continue to stay aggressive buying used cars out there, and that'll get us through until the new cars come back.
0: Yeah, for sure. Geez, maybe I should sell my car and get a lot more for it. <laughs> uh, you never know. But hey, Aaron, appreciate you coming on the show. Any chance you're going to jump on a jet ski and go for a ride later? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm in my office
1: uh, working today. Got a series of uh, meetings. We just did some new acquisitions. Uh, this last week, uh, we uh, we bought four new stores in Wisconsin, so uh, we've been working on integrating their teams
0: with uh, with our teams, and we're off to a uh, great start there. All right. Yeah, sounds it. Well, congrats on buying those new dealerships, and I know I just mentioned the jet ski before, but I'm just curious. Do you ever jump on the jet skis anymore? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right on. I, uh, I, go, out, I go out with my kids on a fairly regular basis. Oh, nice. Yeah, and a fun dad as well. That's what's up. And, uh, hey, this was a fun interview, Aaron. Appreciate you coming on Dealer News today, man. Good stuff. Thanks, Derek. Talk to you later. Sounds good. That was Aaron Ziegler from Ziegler Automotive Group based out in Kalamazoo, Michigan. You can check them out at www.ziegler.com. That's Z-E-I-G-L-E-R.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Derek D. Again, you can head to D.com for all my stuff. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today. Bye, everybody.